Everyone, remain calm. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. That's how it always starts. And later, there's running and screaming. World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello. And welcome to the 13th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we have plenty of great news, a few audio clips to play, an ambient guitar cover of the Jurassic Park theme by Nathan Schaefer, and a few listener emails, as well as a top five recording from listener Jennifer. This should be a great episode, So let's start off with some Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access rescuing. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. The co-writer of Jurassic World has been brought on to help finish the script for the upcoming Universal film, Kong, Skull Island. While it looks like most of the story has already been written, Derek is being tasked with giving it a final once-over and making sure everything is polished. Good luck, Derek. (laughs) Jurassic World is heading back into IMAX theaters for one week only, starting August 28th. I highly suggest you track down the nearest true IMAX theater so you can get the best possible experience. Most local IMAX theaters are smaller and not quite as impressive. Let us know if you're going to see it again. Disney just held their D23 event, and Bryce Dallas Howard attended to promote Pete's Dragon, in which she plays a park ranger named Grace. In the film, she comes across an orphaned boy, Pete, and attempts to figure out who he is. It's going to be a live-action film blended with an animated dragon. Slashfilm.com saw some of the footage and described it as magical. I can't wait to see what Bryce does in this film. For the past week, you may have seen the artwork for the animated Jurassic Park series floating around. Concept artist William Stout created the artwork for the Unlucky series. The show never got off the ground, but you can now check out his artwork online. It's very interesting to think about, as I would have been the perfect age to enjoy a Jurassic Park animated series. I'm just not so sure I would have liked how the animated world fit in with the live-action film. Who knows? It never came to fruition. You can find out more information on fromdirectorstevenspielberg.tumblr.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. Well, I went over to the Jurassic World website, and it looks like the park cameras are fully operational again. I'm assuming they reactivated most of the original functionality of the website for those who plan to go see the film again in IMAX. I do still see a little bit of spoilery content on the website, but at least for another week or two, the cameras are fine. Go check it out. So it looks like over the weekend, Jurassic World director Colin Trevorrow may be in a bit more hot water after some recent comments on a Twitter question. Colin was asked the question, if he were a female director in Hollywood, 
would he have gotten the chance to direct Jurassic World? And as Colin put it, he may have muddled his answers a little bit by saying things like, many of the top women directors are not interested in big studio tentpoles and would probably rather direct something more artistic and with more integrity. He was coming from the right place with his thoughts, but they kind of didn't come out right, and he knows it. He sent the follow-up email to SlashFilm.com to smooth the waters a little bit. He acknowledges the problem exists in Hollywood and really seems to want to help solve the issues. Colin has really been getting the brunt of the complaints this summer due to people opposing his possible sexist views in Jurassic World and for letting Bryce Dallas Howard wear high heels in the entire film. He knows he is perceived as part of the problem, but it's an issue that really matters to him. So head over to the link in the show notes for the full article. again we have a few audio clips for you um, and the first one is from Brotherhood Workshop on YouTube it's the Lego parody video Jurassic World in 90 seconds it's a great video and they actually have a few other Jurassic themed videos so I highly suggest you check them out I'll leave a link in the show notes but for now take a listen to this clip you kids have fun while your father and I get divorced yippee Dinosaurs are awesome! Dinosaurs are lame. Teens think dinosaurs are lame, so we're making hybrids now. What does Star-Lord think? Nothing beats bonding with my girls. Owen, there's a hot woman wants to talk to you. See you later. You are not as cool as Star-Lord. So where is it? Don't worry, I'll handle this. Why are pterodactyls so evil? We should send in the raptors too. Oh my gosh, you are stupid. Let them fight. Ah, poop. This is a terrible idea! We all gotta stick together now. For survival! The second clip is from the Slow Mo Guys via the Field Day channel on YouTube. They are providing everyone with a glimpse of a 100% accurate depiction of the moment the dinosaurs went extinct. Now, this video, since it's in slow motion, really needs to be seen to enjoy. So take a listen to this short clip and head over to the link in the show notes to watch the video. Hello there, I'm Gav. I'm Dan, we're the Slow Mo Guys, and we're here on the Field Day channel. That is correct. What you're about to see is a 100% accurate depiction of what happened the moment the dinosaurs went extinct in super slow-mo. 100%, 100%, really? Okay with that? We may have taken a few liberties. Yeah, one, one or two. Oh, idiot. So, what's that 100% of? Hey, can you guys hear that sound? Well, Dan, that did not end well for our tiny counterparts. We got very charged. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously 100% accurate, like I said before. Because yeah. we were there. Well, I thought the meteor looked quality as it hit the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your nose is a bit small as well. Yeah, a bit melting. Huge thanks to Field Day for letting us on the channel. You should subscribe. Uh, also subscribe to us if you want. We're the Slow Mo Guys and uh, R.I.P. the Dinosaurs. 
This week, I also have a track from musician Nathan Schaefer. I came across this link, and I asked Nathan if I could share the track with you, and he agreed. This version is a wonderful mix of an ambient post-rock vibe, and of course, Jurassic Park. Take a listen to this track here, and I'll provide you with all his info when we get back.
So I think we can all agree that that was a pretty amazing cover. So if you would like to go support Nathan, you can find him on YouTube at youtube.com slash pedal nerds. And on Twitter as at Echo Echo Guy. Go find his stuff and let him know how great it sounds. Aren't you supposed to be a genius or something? I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendry. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? Another week of podcasting down and even more great listener emails to go through. This first one comes to me from Matt M. He says, Hello. You may know me as Sickle underscore Claw from JP Legacy. I am emailing to tell you guys to keep up the good work. In addition, I am also emailing to express my thoughts about the direction that the Jurassic World sequel may be heading. My personal theory is that we will see the dinosaurs utilized in a variety of different industries. Life will be different, with multiple companies knowing the secret to cloning dinosaurs. My personal belief is that the main conflict will be between Mizrani and Biosyn, most likely. I also expect to see a resurgence of the militarized dinosaur conflict from Jurassic World. Call it Jurassic War, maybe? Just an idea. Thanks, Sickle underscore Claw. Thanks for the kind words, Matt. It's always great to hear from listeners. I agree with your theory about the dinosaurs being used for all different applications. I can certainly see Mizrani Global picking up the pieces from Jurassic World, and in the meantime, other companies such as Biosyn stepping into the picture. Now, if you don't know... Biosyn is the company that sent Dodgson to retrieve the embryos from Nedry. I certainly hope they take this route and introduce Biosyn as the new biggest competitor in the dino DNA business. And who knows? They may be looking into dino warfare as well, and it could likely be heading towards Jurassic War. It is a pretty awesome sounding title, but I know there will be its doubters. We'll have to wait and see if they come up with anything better. Thanks for the email. I received another string of emails from a listener. And we've been going back and forth so far. Here's what Wyatt wrote in. Rudy from Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs kind of looks like a certain dino we know from Jurassic World. Even the hands look similar. Although Rudy's jaw looks more like the Spinosaurus from Jurassic Park 3. All right, I've got to be honest. I don't know a lot about the third Ice Age movie, but I did watch a few clips of Rudy online. I do got to say that the Indominus and Rudy do have a similar demeanor. And I can also see some similar attributes in their coloring, eyes, and the ridges along their back. But yes, the jaw is more akin to the Spino from Jurassic Park 3. In another email, Wyatt sent in a gif pointing out something from the Lost World. I also noticed that in this scene, the T-Rex that was released into San Diego, the neck kind of looks like a bird, does it not? Again, I have to agree with you. The way the Rex turns his neck does look very bird-like. Well, maybe dinosaurs have more in common with present-day birds than they do with reptiles. I've uploaded all the pics Wyatt sent in to our Flickr page. As always, the link is in the show notes. Thanks, Wyatt. We also have a great submission this week from Jennifer. She sent in an awesome email last week and continues again this week with the top five things that she wants to see out of the Jurassic World sequel. Take a listen to hear what she thinks. Hi, everyone at Jurassic Park Pod. My name is Jennifer, and I am going to list my top five things I would like to see in the new Jurassic World sequel. Um, starting with number five would be dinosaur integrity. 
I don't want to see war dinosaurs. I, the, the military and all of that does not appeal to me at all for a Jurassic Park movie. I love dinosaurs and I'm a huge advocate of not forgetting that they are actual animals. And throwing dinosaurs into war situations and using for the military, I feel like that will completely change the message of the Jurassic Park films and what they're trying to convey over this entire franchise. So I do not want military dinosaurs, war dinosaurs, a war setting. I don't like any of that. However, number four, I would be okay with people living amongst the dinosaurs as real animals, such as how we live with lions and bears and dangerous animals like that. I would really like to see people adapt with dinosaurs in real time, in real life. I think that would be really interesting. Because then you can kind of have like a Jurassic Park, like little zoos, like how we have zoos. I mean, you can have that mass produced all over the country. That would be pretty cool, or all over the world even. I mean, that would be pretty cool to see. Yeah. Number three would be the T-Rex. Keeping with the Jurassic Park tradition, I would love to see the T-Rex heavily featured somehow in this latest film. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't I don't know what their general story is going to be. That's just something I would like to see featured somehow. I mean, that even Claire with the T-Rex, I would love something with that because I I loved I loved how the T-Rex kind of protected her. I I don't think there's I think it's fanfare to make it a backstory of how she was more attached to that dinosaur than other ones, but you can't help but feel that somehow. So I really hope that's touched upon, like something with Claire and, her, and the T-Rex somewhere. Um, number two would be the old cast coming back to work with the new cast. I mean, I know that that was talked a little bit about in this in Jurassic World about having cameos and such, but it didn't fit, and for good reason. They weren't there, and it, you didn't need them, and I thought I would, but you didn't, and that worked really well. But for the next film, if it's featured more in Jurassic World and not so much on an island, it makes perfect sense to involve the old characters. Maybe not in a big way, but just enough so that it feels connected, that it brings Jurassic World franchise mixed with the Jurassic Park franchise, and it brings a full circle in a way. I think that would be fantastic. Plus, if it's on the mainland, like I said, in in the real in the real world, it would be perfect to bring in Ellie and Grant and Malcolm and just throw them all in. That would be amazing. I would love that. And even the kids, Lex and Tim would be great. I would that would be fantastic to just involve everyone. And I would love to see Claire and Ellie together and Grant and Owen together. I would love that. So please, my number one thing that I need for this sequel would be Claire not to take second spot to Owen. I know, I know that Chris Pratt's popularity has skyrocketed and it's obvious that he's going to play a huge major role in the new film. However, in my eyes, Claire is the hero and lead of Jurassic World. I do not want to see her fall in the background of being Owen's accessory. I'd love to see her take over Ms. Rami Corporation maybe and have her control that and all maybe the subsi subsidiaries of that company that go with that. Claire would be vital to the movie if they throw her somehow in the corporation side. And 
I mean, even at one point, Hoskins was telling Owen how that Mizrami doesn't even know what he owns. Like, he owns so much stuff, and he has control over so much stuff. So I would love for Claire to somehow maybe inherit that or be the lead of that. She would be vital. Because I know lots of opinions are coming out saying, well, what's she going to do? There's no park, there's no park. And Owen has all this dinosaur experience, so she's going to be the lead. But she has control over so much stuff. If they put her in that corporation, I feel like she would own everything. I mean, she would be so vital to everything. Yeah, he'd have the, the dinosaur training, sure. But, I mean, corporation and money rules the world. I mean, it's it's fact. So to have her in that high position, I that it would be amazing. So I really hope that happens. I, I do not want to see her fall second to Owen. I do not want to see her be his accessory. I do not want to see her just being there for a relationship. I mean, Jurassic Park relationships are very important, and I love it, and I support it, but I would love to see Business Claire, just badass Business Claire. I want that. Plus, her experience now with the dinosaurs, and throwing with the T-Rex somehow. Yes, that's what I want for the sequel. Um, also, keeping with the traditional Jurassic Park themes, and the music, and just feel of it, and in awe of the dinosaurs that that needs to stay that's important to me so i that's my wish list my top five wish list for the new movie um of course they can go a million different ways but those are the things i would love to see included in them thanks for asking for my opinion and and thanks for listening i love the number one choice to have claire taking on the lead role in the sequel and you do make a great point about her possibly taking over as the head of Mizrani and being the true hero of Jurassic World. People seem to forget the fact that it was her decision to let the Rex loose and uh, she really saved the day. Many times throughout the film, she took the lead and saved lives and somehow the critics forget about that. Great segment, Jennifer. I'm sure that's not the last we'll hear from you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the 13th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I want to start out by thanking Nathan Schaefer for allowing us to play his track on this episode. So make sure you go check out everything he does. The links are in the show notes, and I'll be sure to tweet out the video again. I also really want to thank the listeners who submitted emails this week. It's always great to read your thoughts and concerns, so keep sending them in to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. A big thanks to Jennifer for sending in her top five this week. I think it should be a trend. If you would like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give a call to our voicemail and leave us a message. The number is 732-825-7763. We are basically all over the internet now, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and Flickr. And you can also listen to us via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and YouTube. You may also find us commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. And please do us a huge favor by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. It will seriously help us build our rankings and make it easier for listeners like you to find us. If you want to get a hold of us, you can tweet us at Jurassic Park Pod. Or you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, segments, pictures, top tens, or comments. Again, to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. And please... 
don't forget, you can leave us a voicemail at 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.